New York is one of 15 states that does not require high school students to take a personal finance course to graduate, but there's a push now to change that. Joining us on Drive Time is Nan Morrison, the CEO of the Nonprofit Council for Economic Education. Nan, thanks for being with us. Your group is all about promoting economics and personal finance education, so give us your elevator pitch. Why is that so important? Well, our mission, as you've aptly put it, is to give K-12 kids the tools and knowledge of personal finance and economics so that they can make better decisions for themselves, their families, and communities. Uh, it's important because every day people are making a decision that is a financial decision and that could affect their future. Uh, economics uh, gives people the context for that. So we think both subjects are, are critically important. Isn't it really good for all of us, too? I mean, if graduates know more about personal finance, maybe they don't get into so much trouble and the rest of us taxpayers don't have to bail them out once in a while, right? <laughs> well, Michael, you're absolutely right. I think in the last few years, uh, we've definitely seen a lot of research that says what people intuitively knew, which is that when kids have financial education, at least a, a class in high school, they have higher credit scores later on, they have lower loan default rates, they end up with better packages for financing their college educations. All of these are great outcomes, and they are things that kids carry with them through their lives. It also turns out that the effect is even greater for kids from lower and moderate income communities uh, who are just less likely to, to be exposed to this stuff at school. So you found in your latest report there at the council that New York is one of 15 states that does not require high school students to take personal finance to graduate. But it sounds like there's some perhaps growing momentum in, in Albany to try to change that. So there is momentum and it's really good. There was, there was a Blue Ribbon Commission recently and pretty much every member said we need to do this. Uh, the chancellor of the New York City Public Schools is behind this, which is notable because it is by by far the largest school district in the country with over a million kids. Uh, the New York State Department of Education is in favor of this. So, uh, but of course, you know, New York, New York State is a big state. There are lots of constituents involved always. There's, there are teachers, there are legislators on both sides of the aisle. There are parents, there are school administrators. So uh, there are other subjects in the day. So, so there's, there's a lot, but it does feel like there are enough people who care and who have a voice that we can really make some some big steps forward in New York State over the coming year, which would be great. I know you can't speak for the states that don't require personal finance yet, but what's the typical argument from those states? Why don't they require it? Look, I, I'm going to be the first person to say the most important things for kids to do are to be able to read and count. Sure, you know, math and English language arts are really important in today's world. Science is really important. Social studies, having some context. So, so one of the big challenges is that when you add another class into the day, you have to figure out who's going to teach it. And that takes resources, mostly in terms of having an educator who's available to teach that class. Teachers' lives are really, really pressed, and they're teaching a lot of class, different classes. They have a lot of prep periods. So, so the teachers need to feel assured that they're going to have um, some funding so that they can have the right resources in the school. Once there's a person available to teach, there's a lot of stuff that um, is out there for them. We provide professional development to teachers who know the subject, to teachers who are not quite as strong in the subject. We provide free resources on Econ EdLink, great lessons for teachers. Teacher last week in Connecticut said, I, I know the content, but I came to get more great resources because I know CE always has those. 
So there's a lot of free stuff from us, and I will say from a few other really great not-for-profits to help the teachers, but that's that's often often a challenge. So you help with a lot of states and schools kind of shape their personal finance curriculum. So what is the perfect personal finance curriculum? What should be in it? Several years ago, we uh, co-led a coalition of organizations, experts to put together the national standards for K-12 for personal finance covers budgeting, savings, investing, earning, risk. Uh, and it tells you what uh, kids should know how to do, uh, not rote memorization, but the kinds of skills and capabilities they should have at different points in their career. We're benchmarked at fourth, eighth, and 12th grade. By the way, Nan, you mentioned K through 12. Kindergarten, there's a curriculum for kids that young? Yeah, you know, we teach kids about money and coins and counting. They're at the younger grades, there are a lot of just core skills that you can build personal finance into. Nan Morrison, CEO of the Council for Economic Education. Great to talk to you. Interesting stuff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Michael. We appreciate it.